Thanks for joining us this evening. If you're new, we hope you feel right at home. Uh, we're a church that's all about community, all about uh, just being together, and uh, we do believe that we're better together. So we have small groups that meet every single week. Uh, if you would like more information about that, you can find more info at guest services. Uh, there's a couple ones that we want to talk about here first that are kind of new that are happening here in a couple weeks. Celebrate Recovery. Uh, starting March 11th at 6. Uh, meetings will continue every Monday at 6 after that. Uh, shout out to Penny Willett and Samantha Carroll for partnering with us for that. Uh, Going to be a great partnership, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Women's group starting a new study as well uh, the day after, Tuesday, March 12th at 6.30. You can see Connie, who was playing piano here on stage. You can see her for any information, and there's also more info at that back table uh, with the sign-up sheet and a copy of the book you can look at as well. She's also trying to get some people together to go to a retreat, Fresh Grounded Faith, happening in April. And all of the information is at that table as well uh, with a sign-up sheet. And I believe the cost info is there as well. I think it's like 55 bucks, Not a whole lot, but it's a Friday and Saturday. Uh, if you're a lady and you'd like to go, uh, it's, it's a great thing. So see Connie for more information about that. We're still collecting pillowcases for our friends over at Shady Lawn Nursing Home. Uh, our goal is 80. I think we're close, uh, but we could use some more. So we'll keep this going for a couple more weeks. Uh, just drop those pillowcases in those black tubs here next to the stage, or you can give any of your pocket change if you got any to our tie jug ministry, and all of those proceeds will go towards these pillowcases as well. March is here, and uh, we got a lot of stuff happening this month. First off, Discover Journey is happening March 17th, right after service. This is for new people. Uh, if you've come three times, the motto is that you're kind of stuck with us at this point. Uh, but this is an hour talk that we have with you uh, to open up our playbook about who we are as a church. Uh, we get to talk about who we are as staff and elders here at Journey. It's a really great thing for new people if you have some questions about who we are and why we do the things that we do. Uh, letters were sent out a couple weeks ago, so if you've got one, please RSVP to that phone number. If you didn't get one, we are keeping track of new people uh, every single week. So you should get one here uh, for Discover here soon if you're new. The next churchwide potluck is coming up soon. It's going to be really fun. Uh, Sunday, March 24th. We are not doing it on the fifth Sunday because that happens to be Easter. But this is the brunch bash, and we've got a menu here, uh, potluck style, so everyone... Bring stuff based on the uh, beginning of your last name. So last names A through G. Uh, finger sandwiches and appetizers is what you're scheduled to bring. H through P, breakfast casseroles. And Q through Z, if you could bring some fruits and sweets for us, that would be a lot of fun too. And uh, we've been averaging about, we broke 100 last week, by the way, on Sunday. For the first time since before COVID. <laughs> 100 people in, in this room was a lot. And if we have double that Easter, we don't know what we're going to do, <laughs> honestly. That's going to be a lot of fun. But if everyone stayed for the potluck, hopefully we have enough food. That's going to be a lot of fun, though. And we're so excited for Easter. Easter is coming up very soon because it is officially March. It's March 31st. But we also have a Saturday service, March 30th at 6. So join us for that March 30th at 6, March 31st at 1030, as we celebrate the resurrection together. And that brings us to this new series. Uh, this new series, I believe, is going to take us all the way through Easter and into April. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Today we're talking about, I believe that it's not over. Let's get started. Thank you. 
Hey guys, let's find a Bible. I'm going to jump in here with the book of Romans. We're going to look at the uh, first couple of chapters, some verses out of that. And uh, some of the series, six weeks, will be uh, in Romans, uh, back and forth there. But uh, really, tonight and tomorrow, I want to start with this thought. It's not over. I believe, we're going to talk about what I believe. It's really important that you know what you believe. I believe I've got enough gasoline in the tank of my car that I'll make it home tonight and I won't be walking. That's a pretty good idea that you can believe you've got fuel to go home. Say amen. I believe that that doctor that I'm going to go see can really help me with this cold or these allergies or sinus problems. I believe I just need an antibiotic or maybe I just need to find out what he says. And I believe I can get better. It's not over. Say amen. So it's really important that we... Know what we believe. And when it comes to God and sin and a Savior and Easter, it really is pretty important to know what we believe. So I'm going to begin this series by guiding us through a few thoughts that I think uh, will set us up for really a great time together and anticipation of Jesus changes everything. By the time we get to Easter, I really do believe that you're coming back. After I get this thing started tonight and tomorrow, I think you're coming back. I think you're going to stick with the series. And I think it is contagious because it draws us in. Honestly, I think we just need Jesus. And we're going to find that as we go through this little study and series that I'm beginning tonight and tomorrow from Romans. Uh, everybody really needs to know what we believe about God and sin. And Jesus really does change everything. You might have had a episode with the kids about five minutes ago, and it all is like, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them before they kill each other. It does happen. But I believe it's not over. God's with us. He's working on us all. Say amen. Heck yeah. I believe, honestly, no matter how bad it was last week, the job you had or whatever misunderstandings or nobody's giving you good information, no matter how bad it was, it can get better. I believe it's not over because God is with me and we're working on this together. And I just, I just know it. I just really believe I believe things can be better, and they will be, because God promises that. And so when it comes to God himself, and when it comes to sin, we really need to find out a few things. It, you know, it's like having on a good old pair of blue jeans that you're working in the garden, or you're working uh, at your job, and you got somehow down on your knees and got them all dirty. Maybe you got grass stains, dirt stains, maybe you got mud or whatever, and they're, the, they're your favorite pair of blue jeans. And so what you really need is some really good soap. Say soap. You need some kind of really good soap. Put it in the washing machine. And I hope that you can get your jeans all cleaned up again. And we all need to have some kind of product that we believe in. We need to find a product. Tide cleans out, I don't know, I'm not a Tide guy, whatever kind of guy you are, I don't know, whatever you use to clean your jeans, you know, to get out, you know, really st tough, stubborn stains, we all need a product of some kind that we can say, I believe in whatever it is that you believe in, it's not over. One of my journey friends, hey guys, let me shout out to my, 
one of my journey friends, Kevin, I think you're off in Las Vegas somewhere. You're a traveling salesman. Man, you you really go everywhere. And I met Kevin right here at Journey, and he was going door-to-door selling his products. Kevin, you were telling us, Brian and I both, you were telling us how much you believed in your product, that it would clean all the kind of black marks on the floor and it would it would really make everything clean again and you shocked me kevin as he's trying to present his product to me and convince me that i wanted his product he took his little squirt bottle with his concentrate in his bottle and he went squirt squirt right in his mouth i mean he just shot it right in there and the next thing i know he goes squirt squirt in this eye and squirt squirt in this eye and it's going down his face i said stop time out kevin i believe you i believe you that you believe in your product i didn't buy his bottle but i still do i did believe that he believed it say amen what do you really believe about god and about sin and the product that I'm going to share with you tonight that's in the Bible that you would stake your life on. My friend Kevin believed in his product so much that he was willing to swallow it. He was willing to spray it in his eyes. He proved to me. He demonstrated to me how much he believed in this product, that it was safe, but it was also good. And it was something that I wanted, he convinced me of, he gave me a bottle. He gave us a bottle. So let's look at Romans chapter 3 and talk about how it is sometimes that we get ourselves with sin. We have a sin issue, like having a dirt issue on our blue jeans or a stain issue on our floor or on our carpet. And we need to find a product that can help us get clean again, like you hopping in the shower after you've been out working on a hot day and you've got all hot, sweaty, and dirty, you need some kind of soap. You need some kind of cleaner. You need something that will make us zestfully clean again, uh, sparkling clean again, whatever it is that's your product that you really believe in. So let's start with a passage. I said it was going to go to Romans, but let's start with Isaiah. And let's put that one on the screen. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says this, come on now, well, come now, let's sit down for a minute, let's pull in a little closer, let's think about this, what we really believe in, what do you really believe so much about God and sin that you're willing to stake your life upon it, Isaiah says, come now, let us reason together says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So Isaiah begins by writing about the color scarlet and crimson, colors of deep red and a permanent dye and a deep stain and virtually impossible to remove from clothing. And his point, the stain of sin appears equally permanent we're not Jesus and we get ourselves dirty so to speak like the floor like my blue jeans and we need something some product 
We need something that we can trust and something that we believe in that we can stake our life on. And Isaiah begins by telling us, you can believe God. You can trust God. God can do it. And, and that's where this starts. That's where we're going in this series. It's not over. And that's where I'm going as we get to Easter, that what is it that you believe so much that you would stake your life upon it? And so if you or those who are home or in the room tonight, if you are a follower of Jesus, let's start there. Let's start there. If you already have a relationship with God through Jesus as your Savior and you've already turned yourself in and surrendered and said, I'm a sinner and I'm here to get turned around and I, I need help, and if you've made that decision by faith and grace and baptism, let me start talking with you first. Let me speak to you, you who are already in that kind of relationship with God and are a Christian. You already know. You already know what I'm describing, that there is this cleansing agent like Kevin, my friend, who had his concentrate in the spray bottle. There is this cleansing agent that will take your marks off your life like Kevin promised it would take the marks off our floor. The sin stains that we have accumulated by our life and our choices as we are disobedient and disobey God, Jesus' blood and his sacrifice, which is all about Easter, the things that we've made a mess of, the disappointments that we are to ourselves and to others and to God, we know this, that Jesus' blood Jesus changes everything, and Easter is real. We believe this. If you are a Jesus follower, a Christian already, it's a fact. And we're, uh, we're grateful that there is mercy, grace, and forgiveness, and another chance. Say amen. Say amen, all of you. I hope that's where you are. You found the right product on the shelf. Creator God, Jehovah God, who sent His Son, His one and only Son, to save us from our sins. Hallelujah. Jesus is not dead. Amen? He's not on a cross. He is risen. And so will you. If you have this relationship with God through Jesus, who gets out this crimson color, this hard to remove, impossible to remove, the stain of sin that we have in our life. So, yeah, we believe that, and hallelujah, I'm glad you do. And so, let me take the other side of the room. Let me take the other person that might have a conversation. Not someone who's a Christian, but someone who tries to be their best version of themselves. They really don't have a, they have a, they have a belief in God or some kind of system of God or some kind of product called God, but they don't really have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. And so here's kind of how that problem works out. Whenever something happens in our life and we need something to do, some kind of cleansing agent like I've described, we begin thinking to ourselves, I can do this. I can work this out. I can, I'm not as bad as the other guy that I know. I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm really not as dirty as you might imagine. I, I just had a slip-up. I just had a little mistake. 
And there are a group of people that are still in our world that aren't really decided yet about what they really believe about God and sin and a Savior. And so they're in this category that I'm trying to describe. Not those who are Christians yet, but those who are curious. Those who are seekers. Those who imagine that maybe there is a product on the shelf that will take care of my problems too. But but their, their strategy and what they're trying to do with their squirt bottle is just try to be good enough themselves and a problem with that strategy when it comes to God and sin and what Isaiah said to us just a moment ago in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 7 14 being good is not good enough there's some stains that won't come out you ever got them blue jeans out of the washing machine and like man I done run this through three times that that's not coming out that grease is not coming out there are some stains that Kevin, my friend, and his product, he told us, Brian, that that's been in there too long. It has to soak longer. Maybe come back again. You might need to strip even. It might start all over. And there are some stains in our life called sin that just being good is not good enough. And sometimes it's pretty hard to convince ourselves when it feels like we're doing okay because we're afraid maybe if I go talk to somebody else, they might take me to the cleaners, you know. I don't know if I want to get dunked or not. I don't know if I want to go to that church or not. And so in some places, it feels like when you go into a gathering of other people who are already Christians, it feels like, man, I'm not sure about what I really believe about God and about Jesus and about sin. And it feels like, man, my head is like on the spin cycle. Say, spin cycle? You're all smiling. I'm trying to describe this and give you word pictures and I'm trying to do my best to get you started with this series, with this introduction because I want you to come back. I want you to just follow with me through this all the way to Easter and bring somebody back with you. I really do because it's really important that everybody knows what they really believe about God, what they really believe about sin. And a savior, and and what they really believe is needed. What kind of cleansing agent is needed when we have a sin problem? Being good is not good enough. And so, if you're a sinner, we all are. Even those who are Christians, we're just forgiven sinners. We have forgiveness by God through Jesus. We're we're those kind of people that we need to come back again and again. And Andy Stanley says, sometimes we get this idea that we're, we're not really accepting this label, I guess, or this description that I'm trying to describe. So we don't like the word sinner. We don't like to be called a sinner if we feel like I'm trying to do pretty good and I pay my bills and I'm never late and they've never cut my electric off and I didn't kick the dog and cat this morning, and we think, Andy Stanley says, if you're not a sinner, if all you are is a mistaker, all you do then, all you have to do is to do better. And there are people that we know like that that really just don't really know what they believe. Not really. They wouldn't stake their life on it, but they're trying their best. They're trying to just do good and trying to do more good and be good. 
But being good is not good enough. For some, for some stains that you just can't get, a, they're not a cleansing agent that can get that out. Like those ground-in kind of stains I talked about in your blue jeans that just go in the wash and they keep coming back and that grease never comes out or that spot never comes out or that, that carpet or that floor never comes clean. And sometimes for people it's like that too. So what it is that we believe about God and about sin is really important, really, really important what we would stake our life on. So I believe that we need Jesus, that Jesus changes everything. Honestly, I believe we just need Jesus. The whole world needs Jesus, every one of us. And we're either in one of these categories that I've already described. You're either already a, a Christian and in a relationship with God, and you still need to come back to get forgiven of sins even after you're a Christian because we're not Jesus. Nobody is. We still return many times for grace and mercy and forgiveness. Either you're in that group or you're in the other group that I described just trying to do better, just trying to be better, do better, and be good. Better than your neighbor. Better than that guy. And that's not enough. We really do need more. And Jesus is more. He is the Savior. Trying harder is not going to work. So let me give you these three three takeaways. Maybe this works. Maybe this is enough to get you to come back. But let's look at Romans chapter 1. And I'll read a couple of verses here. In Romans chapter 1, <clears throat> your notes say the people who don't know who, the people who don't know about God are in a lot of trouble. So put that in there. The people who don't know about God, they really don't know what they believe about God. They've heard of God, but they don't really know him personally. The people who don't who don't really know about God personally are in trouble. Say trouble? Okay, let's start with that. Let's start with that idea. And let me read it to you from Romans 1, chapter 1. And uh, let's take a look at it. Here we go. Verse 18. The wrath or the anger of God, chapter 1. I believe the people who don't know about God are in a lot of trouble. And that's why you should invite them. That's why you should tell them, hey, come and check this out. What do you really believe about God? What do you really believe? I mean, that so much that you would stake your life upon it. What do you believe about sin and salvation and Jesus? And Okay, I believe the people who don't know about God are in trouble. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So verse 18, chapter 1, is directed sort of like a torpedo right at all the sort of pagan people that you might be thinking about, the hell-raising kind of spiritual outsiders, the the guys that some are called losers or loners or unchurched. I don't know what kind of label they, they get, but, but Paul writes in verse 18, chapter 1, they are wicked and godless and they are not interested in the truth or God or church or the Bible or any of those kind of topics. And God's pretty upset about that. But that's the description in verse 18, chapter 1, about people who don't really know what they believe about God. And, and so you can almost hear people who actually go to church or actually have a relationship with God. You can actually almost hear people but in verse 18 who are in the audience who are insiders and have a relationship with God who are saying, yeah, amen, say amen, say amen. People who don't know God, I believe, are in a lot of trouble. So you'd all say, Amen. Yeah, and that's true. 
because you're just crazy. They're, God is big, and you're little, and hell is hot, and heaven's not, and we've all heard those kind of things. And so if you're going to church, and you're in a relationship with God, and you get to verse 18, chapter 1, you're like, go, preacher. Tell them now, preacher. Let them have it, preacher. But the funny thing is, the funny thing is that if we just stopped at verse 18, chapter 1, we'd all feel pretty confident that all these outsiders are in a lot of trouble if you stopped right there with the first century spiritual insiders, the Jewish people who were in a relationship with God and the early church who discovered that Jesus was the Son of God, that would have been fine. It had been fine if the preacher had said all these outsiders, these pagan knuckleheads, these heathen kind of hell raisers that really don't care about anybody but themselves, they're in a lot of trouble. It would have been fine if the sermon ended right there. The outsiders, spiritual losers in the crowd. But jump over for a second. Chapter 2, verse 1. So we left chapter 1, verse 18. Jump over there to chapter 2, verse 1. The preacher says, I believe you guys who are insiders, spiritual insiders, religious Jewish believers of God and Jesus followers, I believe you guys... Therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else who were in chapter 1, that you were going, amen, amen. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same sort of things. Now say amen. Yeah, that gets kind of sticky when... He begins preaching and sharing a message that all the people who don't know God are in big trouble and hell is hot and heaven's not. But then when he turns it around and he reflects upon the people in the crowd at church that day and says, but all you guys who have a relationship with God through Jesus, you're not perfect either. And if you're going around wagging your finger and judging your neighbor and calling them out, you're in a heap of trouble too. It's a heap of trouble? Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Honestly, we just need Jesus. It's the truth. And so I believe, you know, that it's a bad idea that we end up maybe wagging our fingers at other people, but we ought to think about what we really believe ourselves about God. Having a relationship with God through Jesus is not just fire insurance. Have you got insurance? It rains a lot. Have you know? Do you know that we have a river in our town? Have you heard of that? Yeah. I mean, if you live anywhere near the river, you think, man, I need some flood insurance. Have you got flood and fire insurance and home homeowners insurance and renters insurance? We sell insurance. A lot of people have insurance because we know that storms do come. And if I live close to the edge of something that happens that's a disaster and I might need some help to rebuild again. So we take out insurance policies. And a lot of people who come to church and say, I believe, I believe. Will you baptize me? I surrender all. Well, what do you really believe about God? Are you looking for fire insurance or are you looking for a relationship with God? Amen? 
And so the preacher started turning the message around a little bit different. Everybody who went to church that day was sure that if you don't know God, you're in a lot of trouble. You know, I believe that people that don't really know anything about God and what they, what God is, you know, who God is, I believe they're in trouble. But then the preacher, the Apostle Paul, and the writer here in chapter 1, chapter 2, he kind of flips it around and says, I'd like for you to consider maybe your own relationship with God. How healthy is it? Are you growing? If you've surrendered and are a follower of Jesus, are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you inviting other people? Are you sharing your time, talent, and treasure with the body of other believers? Are, are you doing, how are you doing with your habit life? Are you learning how to zip it? That was the series we just finished. Sometimes you just need to zip it, the old tongue. How are you doing is what he really wants to know. Not just wearing the label and carry the Bible and say, I'm in, but what he really wants to know is, how are you doing in your relationship and building your relationship? So the preacher tells us, Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2, people who don't know about God are in trouble, but some of those people are already in church, and they don't know too much about God even though they go to church. They, they, got, the, they got the memo that they should go to church, but they haven't really changed, not their hearts. They haven't really transformed their attitudes. They haven't really transformed their passions. They really haven't transformed the things in their life that was the old person, and they were still working on that. So the Gentiles, the unchurched crowd, and the spiritual outsiders are in big trouble, and those who are the church crowd, the Jewish people, and Jesus' people, spiritual insiders, are also in some pretty big trouble. And, and so no, nobody really can brag or boast whether we go to church or we don't go to church. And so Paul kind of does a little trick here in chapter 3. Can I take you over to chapter 3? I just took you to chapter 1 and chapter 2, and I said, we're all in trouble. Say, all of us? Those that go to church and those that don't. If you're not honest, say, honest? If you're not honest when you're in church... You're just as bad as people that are not honest when you're not in church. Say amen. So you ought to be honest with yourself and say, how am I doing, God? You know, how am I doing today? And so by the time we get to chapter 3, just in case you might be thinking that you might slip through the cracks and you're okay, Paul does a little open heart surgery, so to speak. He kind of lays us out here on the operating table and does an autopsy a little bit. Red and yellow, black and white, and all of us, whoever we are. And this is what he finds in Romans chapter 3. I believe in Romans chapter 3, we're all in a little bit of trouble. We need to get honest with God and honest ourselves. That's what I believe. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 9. What shall we, what shall we conclude? Read that. Look up there. Don't look at me. Look up there. Read that. Because you're in church. And he's talking to all of us who are in church and those that are not. He's talking about chapter 1 and chapter 2, insiders and outsiders both. So now he's going to just do a little autopsy on all of us who are just the human race, all people. What, what shall we conclude then? Are we, are all those good people that do go to church and have a relationship with God and Jesus, 
Are we any better? Well, not at all. We've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles, insiders and outsiders alike, are all under sin. We're all sinners even after Jesus. We're just trying to get better and sin less, and God's forgiving us every time we come to Him and surrender over, all over. I've gotten myself dirty. I got myself in the dirt. I need help. I can't get this out. I've run it through three cycles, four cycles. I've, I've been to every series and revival. I don't know, God. I'm not doing any good here. I can't give this up. I have an addiction. I have a habit. It's not a good one. Yeah. Verse 10, as it is written, there is no one righteous. We're not Jesus, not even one. Nobody's innocent. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have sinned, turned away. They, they have together become worthless. Man, he's using some words I wish he wouldn't use. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Man, he's going to make everybody in church mad. The, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. He's talking to people that go to church. I thought he was talking to the people that don't go to church. He, now he's talking to everyone. Have you ever lied? That's what he's asking us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even those of us who are in church and have a relationship with God and Jesus as our Savior, we have, we've told something that's not true. We have. Have you ever hurt somebody's feelings by words that came out of your mouth or the tone of your voice? Yeah? Okay. Are you holding a grudge? Are you bitter about something right now? Right now as I'm talking, probably. Are you angry about something that you may have a disagreement with somebody you can't really get over. Are you guilty of stuff like that? Probably. Even us who go to church. And so by the time we get to chapter 3, he cracks us open like a walnut or a coconut. And it ain't pretty <laughs> for all of us. Just say amen. Now that's not very good. Say amen. Y'all done quit on me because you're like, he's getting too close. I'm tell he's, he's stepping on my toes. This is like hurting, like ouch, ouch, and more ouch. Well, just forget about the feel-good message. This isn't the feel-good like he's going to just come and pat me on the back and shake my hand and say, see you next time. I really want you to think about what you really believe, especially what you believe about God and about sin and about Jesus, our Savior, and would you stake your life on it? Because that is really important. And so for most of us, when you crack us open like a coconut, the Bible says we're dirty and dark and no one does good all the time. We're working on it, but nobody gets it right all the time. Say amen? So you're in trouble. That's, that's the first thing in chapter 1 that I want, to take, I want you to take away. And here's the second thing. I believe, it's what I believe, I believe if we really do trust the Bible, the only conclusion possible is that everybody's a sinner. There is nobody that gets off. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23, there is no difference. Look at it. I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. Chapter 3. That's what Paul says. Who is Paul anyway? Well, who gives that guy the right to say that? Well, he's the apostle who wrote about half of the New Testament. He's inspired by God to write it down, put it together. Probably ought to trust him. It's in the Bible. His words. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what it says. 
You're not just going to walk that one off and say, but I'm a pretty good guy. Not good enough. Nope. I'm a pretty good person. Not good enough. Amen? We're in this category, like it or not, we've got this label. There's no curve. You don't get graded by the curve in the class called life. You don't get graded based on whether or not you drink Bud Light. It, you just don't. You, you don't. you don't get a grade, a curve from God. We're all sinners, even if you keep your grass mowed and your neighbor's yard looks like a jungle. If the police pull up to your neighbor's house, they never pull up to your house. You don't. You don't get a pass. I sure am glad I'm not like them. You don't get a pass. Shake your head. No, there is no difference. That's what it says. So, in chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three, we don't get to compare ourselves with somebody who's pagan Pete and think that I'm okay. Maybe you're not at a porn shop every day, but you're still a sinner. Just saying. That's what Paul tells us. That's what the Bible describes. And so we have these big sins and little sins. God says, forget it, guys. I put them all in the same bucket. We're all sinners. We're all in trouble. We all got a stain that we can't get out. We can't clean. We need a cleansing agent. His name is Jesus. Honestly, I think we just need Jesus. Amen? That's why you need to bring somebody to Easter. And that's why we need to come for Easter. Because you've got stains in your life that you can't, you can't work them out. You've got problems and I do too we all do like those kind of things that I get in my pants my jeans that I can't grease spots and on the floor I mean we need some kind of cleansing agent it's the blood of Christ that takes away the sin of the world so you got to believe you got to know what you believe and I believe that Jesus changes everything and so that's what this text keeps telling us the Bible keeps repeating this over and over and over again there is no difference you can't compare yourself. You can't start feeling pretty good about your chances with God unless you have Jesus as your Savior, unless you're really honest and say, I need, I need more of Jesus every day. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23 in the message paraphrase. For there is no difference between us and them in this. Now, there is a difference, obviously. There is a difference if you have a relationship with God through Jesus and they don't. There is a difference, but I'm talking about the human race. And so the message paraphrase says, there is no difference between us and them in this way. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them. We all have a past. We all have a history. And we are all sinners, even as we try to do better. So... Uh, it just is the reality about what I believe that Paul says we should believe and understand. And uh, I hope that helps. I hope that helps you understand more clearly our relationship with God through Jesus should be not some kind of fire insurance like homeowner's insurance. It should be a relationship where we're growing closer to God and becoming a better version, the best version of ourselves that God has in mind, a fully developed follower of Christ, Ephesians chapter 6. So here's how some people describe sin. And so this happens to us, and I don't care how you describe it, but I'll look at the camera for a second. Some people describe it like target practice. So some of you guys are 
gun guys or archery guys. So here you go, Craig. You got some people describe it like the bullseye, and so you know if you're a really expert military guys, veteran guys, and you know you got the badge and says you were an expert on the firing range, you get to wear, wear the little medal on your chest, and so boom, you hit the black spot right in the bullseye, dead eye. And so for some of us, when we talk about you know what it looks like, is you want to be a sharpshooter expert dead eye and try to hit the bullseye but it's very hard to do so what most of us do is we hit like ring four or th ring three or ring two or maybe even ring number one but we don't hit the bullseye we and the farther that you get away from the target the harder it is to see the bullseye and so your chances go way down say way down so we're not jesus who hits the bullseye we're not perfect shooters every shot and so here's what we start to do. We start to think, well, I'm not a four-ringer. <laughs> you know, the really bad guy out here on the edge of the target. Well, that guy robbed a bank. Uh, he shot the dog. Uh, uh, he stole grandma. He, he uh, hijacked Santa Claus. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what you could have done out here on the fourth ring. But we got people out here on the fourth ring. We think that they're just evil, evil, bad, bad people. And I'm on ring two or ring three or... Ring one, we're closer to the bullseye, even though, you know, I didn't hit it either. God says none of it matters because you can't hit the bullseye. Only Jesus did. He's the only perfect shot. Got it? So you can't do this thing with each other. Like, I'm not as bad as, well, bad as who? I'm not as bad a shot as bad a husband, bad, as, bad a wife. Forget it. Forget that. That doesn't work. We all missed it. That's the truth. And so so no matter how close you got to it, you still didn't hit it every single time. Even if you got it lucky a few times and you did hit the bullseye, you can't repeat it every single time. Only Jesus can. He's the only one. Perfect shot. Amen? Yeah. There's only one of him. Perfect shot. Every time. And that's what Paul tells us. Romans 3.23, there is no difference. Stop comparing yourselves to your neighbors, for we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what I believe. If you don't know God, you're in a lot of trouble. But the second thing is, we're all in a lot of trouble. We're all sinners. That's the truth. That was the second thing. And here's the third thing, I believe. I believe the reason that we get a do-over with God another chance and we get forgiveness and grace and mercy is that we're supposed to make God look good. We're supposed to bring glory to God. It's not to make you look good. We're supposed to make God look good. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, that I believe, I would stake my life on it that if you're getting better with your addiction, I stake my life on it. If you're getting better with your grief, I'd stake my life on it. If you're getting better with your money, I'd stake my life on it that whatever it is that's important to you that you're getting better at it, it's not for just your benefit. It is that God gets the glory. Not us. He is worthy. And so sorting that out is really important when it comes to what I really believe about God and what I really believe about sin.
We are created, I believe, to reflect the glory of God. 2 Corinthians, let me read that one. That's not Romans. I've read Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3, and I'll come back to Romans next weekend. But here's what it says. I better wrap this up. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we who are with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness, getting closer to the bullseye, with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is our spirit. The spirit, big S. So, uh, let me see how to, how can I finish this up here with you. When God made the first two people, Adam and Eve, and God looked at them, is Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall? You know what he saw? When he looked at them, he saw a reflection of himself. When you go to the hospital and you got that little baby that was just born, and you're a parent if you are, or a grandparent, and you were there with somebody else, and you look into that child's eyes, you see a reflection in the eyes of that child that is a part of who you are. That's what you see. And as we age and get older, it's amazing how we resemble our heritage. When I came back to Kentucky from Texas, I was shocked. I was shocked that when I got back around my dad, and I hadn't been around my dad for 20 years. I'd been gone away doing ministry in Texas. I'd come back at Christmas and holidays, but I didn't see him that often. But when I came back here and Journey started and we started working together and he started sitting in that, in that seat right there, I began to get to know him differently and I knew him in a more intimate way as my father. And I was shocked how many similarities that I have with my dad. I didn't realize that. I walked the same way that he walked. I had some of the same kind of humor that he had. I talked the same way that he would talk. You know, I, there were things that I could see him now as I was older that he saw in me when I was a child, this reflection. And so that's what God's after. Whenever it is that we're becoming, whoever it is that we're becoming, whatever it is that happens in our life, God wants to see himself in us. That's the glory to God's glory that we should reflect God's glory through us. Our actions and our life, how we spend it, how we share it like the child, we're more and more like God's what God wants us to be. Like we want our kids to be more and more like us. And we give them the color of our hair, or maybe you gave them you have no hair. If you inherited, which side of the family is it? The mom or the dad? Which one? It must be the dad because uh, Connie's dad's bald and her brother's bald and he was bald when he was 18. So it must be the dad's side. But if you got that part of the family, you got no hair or you got hair. Say hair. But that's just the way it goes. You didn't get to pick and choose sometimes. It's just the way it goes. And the color of your eyes and your eyebrows and how tall you are, how short you are. Briella's going to be very tall. She's taller than both of you, but somebody in your family tree is taller than you two because she's already growing, outgrown her clothes. And so we get some of this stuff that's from our father and mother and we inherit it and we see it. And that's what God's after, the God stuff that I'm talking about. Like a reflection pool that God wants to look at us and he wants us to begin to really reflect him, the glory 
Whatever good, whatever good happens in life is from Jesus. Say amen. If you got your health back and you didn't have it for a while, if you got your job and you was looking for a long time, if you survived and now you're thriving, whatever happens in life that is good is from Jesus. And Adam and Eve wanted to take all the glory for themselves in the Garden of Eden. And their attempt was to steal God's glory. It's called sin. And I hate to tell you, we're still doing it today. Oh, I'm not as bad as Adam and Eve. I didn't listen to the sneaky snake. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We disobey. Yes, we do. Say, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And it is the same. It's the attempt that we want glory for ourselves. It's called sin. And in that instant in the garden, everything changed. Everything that was once perfect, the perfect reflection of the God our Father, it was changed immediately in creation, all of creation. So when you look closely at our world today, you see glimpses of God's glory. I was just telling somebody a moment ago before this service started how impressed I am with good people in the world that are taking hay trucks to the panhandle in Texas because they've got those fires that have been burning in a and all the animals, the horses and cattle and sheep, they've been running for their life. And there, there is no hay. And there are trucks and tractors and tractor and trailers. And there are volunteers that are driving to the panhandle in Texas right now taking hay and feed for the animals because there's good people in the world. There are glimpses of God's glory in our world. The guy that saved that lady that drove that truck over the bridge in Louisville risked his life to rescue her. There are glimpses of God's glory in our world today. At one time, it was paradise, and it was all God. Until Adam and Eve decided... I want it for me. And so that's the battle we have ourselves right now when it comes to what I believe about, what I really believe about God and sin and a Savior. I need Jesus. If I don't have Jesus, I'm going to take all the glory for myself. Amen? That's right. And that's why people are in trouble who don't know God because they're trying to take all the glory for themselves. And that's why we all have all this muck and mire in all of our politics, in education, in the economy. That's why we have all this. People who are wanting all the glory for themselves. And it's a mess. Say mess? Jesus changes everything. Bottom line, this is a picture of all of us. There is no difference. And so, guys... What products do you completely trust to get your clothing clean? What, what's the one you pull off the shelf at Walmart or Kroger? Tide jugs or whatever it is. Who, what product is it that you, when it comes to cleaning difficult stains out of your carpet, what are the products that you've tried before and they really do work no matter how deep or how big the stain might be? What products do you pull off the shelf? That's a good question. What are the institutions that you trust? So much so that you'd stake your life upon it. The, the medical system of the world, the 
education system? What, what institutions do you trust completely? I believe that you can stake your life on God. And I hope you do too. I believe we can stake our life on God and trust God. And the Bible explains that Jesus' blood is the only way that we can get rid of the stain called sin. And that Jesus is the only cleaning agent which can do that for all of us. Honestly, I think we just need Jesus. Say amen. You guys go ahead and pass the cups. We're going to take communion. And if you are home, grab grab something that's some kind of repres, repres, uh, representations, represents the body. It could be a cracker. It could be a piece of bread. It could be some water, a little juice, whatever you have. And we're going to pass these cups to people here who have a relationship with God. Remember I said this is not fire insurance. This is not like you sent in a premium payment for your for your flood insurance or your fire insurance for your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance. It's not like that, guys. This communion is not like that. Just because you swallowed this down, it's not like you sent in a check and now you know, oh, I'm covered. I'm covered this month because I sent in my check for my fire insurance or my homeowner's insurance or my flood insurance. Not like that. Not like that. Different. This is different. This is where we get honest and we tell God what we really believe about Him and sin, my sin, your sin, and our Savior, the cleansing agent that takes away the sin of the world. This is where we get honest. That's what this is. This isn't like a premium for fire insurance. This is different. That's what communion is. This is like you saying before you take this and swallow it, God, I am in trouble. And I, and I have a relationship with you through Jesus, who's my Savior. But I'm in trouble because I've not been honest. I'm not really trying in this area of my life to improve. I'm, I'm really, I'm battling with you on this. I won't give it up. I'm still, I'm still hanging on to this, clinging to this because I, I enjoy this, whatever this is. Be honest. Confess your sins. Confession is good for the soul. And then believe that Jesus changes everything. He just wipes it off the chalkboard. I don't know. You've got a long list. It's only been seven days, but boy, you I've some man, we've got a long list on that chalkboard. They're just stacked up there one after the other, like, whoa. And God says, I'll take care of it. Just be honest. I hear you. Jesus takes it all. The bread. The cup. Let me pray. God, I hope this really helps all of us make, make some sense and that we might really, really, really drill down a little deeper about what we believe so much so we stake our life upon it what we believe about you and about Jesus and about our sin we're all in trouble insiders and outsiders those that go to church and those that don't we're all sinners we're all in a lot of trouble and I pray God that we'll come to terms with that what we've talked about tonight and tomorrow 
or he will come to terms with that, that we realize that when you look at the Bible, the only conclusion, if you read the Bible, is that we're all sinners, those that go to church and even those that don't. And that if we get this straightened out, the only reason is so that we might bring more glory to you as a reflection of you. So help us, God, reflect you more. Forgive us when we don't. In Jesus' name, amen. Drop the cups in the little basket. Thank you for being with us tonight. And tomorrow, I hope you'll bring somebody back. If you've got something in pocket change that we can help with uh, pillowcases at Shady Lawn, walk over there and drop it in the tide jug before you go home tonight. Thank you for being here. I know you're going to come back. You're going to want to hear more. What we really do believe. I believe it's not over, brother. And because of Jesus and this communion that we just shared, I believe. I believe that we are forgiven. Thank you for listening. And let's stand, let's sing this song when the band gets back up here and we'll... Thank you.